You are listening to a new episode of the Game Deflators Podcast. My name is John, and I am joined by Ryan. Hey, everybody here at the Game Deflators Podcast. We're talking about a console you should pick up, games you should play on it, and all this for under $200 in this week's Starter Kit Showdown. That was take two of uh, Ryan messing up the first one. I'm gonna, dude, we're going to have to do a blooper reel one of these days. Just a full episode of bloopers. <laughs> That's it. It'd be great filler at just, some point. Just 30 minutes of me. Hey! Yeah. Hey. I get really excited in the wind down. I was watching uh, yesterday. My wife was watching uh, Critical Role. Uh, not blooper reel, but it was a reel of Laura Bailey doing all of her sending spells. Uh-huh. So it was just like that. Hey, how you doing? Are you pooping? Like that type of stuff yeah. all the time. Dude, it was great. So like, we should just do that. But Ryan with, hey, here on the game. Oh, let's go back to this one. Yeah. I saw a thing, um, you know, Jensen Ackles from, um, God, as soon as I try to say it, it leaves my mind. Supernatural. I was going to say more blooper content, but yeah. No, uh, I, I don't know who that is. But He's one of the brothers from Supernatural. Anyways, it came out like in a thing the other day that like they burned like an extra million dollars in like filming from all the bloopers. Really? And just like side, you know, taking too much time on set. They added it all up now that the show's over or whatever. Nice. That's the way <laughs> it's they do a it, lot man. of goofing off. Well, yeah, for sure. That's good stuff, man. People like to see that. All right, well, this week uh, we are talking about the Nintendo 64. Oh, my God. A classic console for most people. That neither of us had at launch. Uh, yeah, neither of us had at launch, but we got at some point in our lives. I don't know when you got yours, but we'll talk about your time with the console in a bit. Uh, but, Ryan, why don't you give the folks a little breakdown of this console's history? So, um, there's some great uh, videos out there talking about the history of the N64. If you want a deep dive, you can find many of those out there. So I'm just going to glance over some things. So uh, originally, it was intended to launch at a $250 price point. Uh, it had been planned for a long time and announced earlier. Uh, but the Genesis and the PlayStation came out, or sorry, the Saturn and the PlayStation uh, came out before it, and they were cheaper. So they actually wound up launching, you know, after those at a $199 price point. The U.S. launch was September 29th, 1996, right around my birthday. And um, this is the biggest problem for the N64 that came up is just a lack of games. So it launched with Mario 64 and Pilot Wings, and that was it. So, or Pilot Wing 64, I should say. And it would take um, until February of 97 for them to reach their like 10 game mark, which was Mario 64 or Mario Kart 64. So, you know, that's a slow churn through the holidays to launch in September. And, and I think by Christmas, they only had like five or six games. So that was a, a big issue. Uh, for them, you know, compared to PlayStation had all of the games. And most of this was due to, you know, Nintendo relying on cartridges and not making that jump to CDs like the other consoles did. And it really put them, you know, a leg behind. But I mean, the Nintendo 64 is not a failure. You know, it was a successful console. People have really fond memories of it. The games that were on there are still some of you know, the best games of all time. So it's 
it's remarkable in, you know, looking back at how it all went down, like, you know, so much trouble and so much success all in one package. Well, I mean, the console itself only sold about 33 million. It's like 32.93 million uh, versions of that console were sold, whereas the PlayStation 1 was around 102 million. So, I mean, when you look at that and then you have the GameCube that was released after the N64 also did not have stellar success, I'm honestly shocked... Excuse me, shocked that Nintendo was still around after that. I think the Wii saved their ass. I think if they didn't come out the Wii, Nintendo was probably done. Well, I mean, like, the N64 was some of the best games of the time. Like, you yeah, may not have had as many people that had one, but everybody that had one had it for the same reasons, for that Nintendo love, where, like, if you took, you know... Uh, look at the games that you played on PlayStation and the games that I played on PlayStation. Like those could be wildly different games. No, I know. And I get that. I, I just think from a, you know, perspective of this being like a total failure, I, I don't think it's a total failure, Yeah, but I wouldn't say it was like a critical success either no. uh, of a console. I mean, it not it success does... for the console, but success for innovation and in bringing, you know, the most popular 2d games into 3d. Yeah. All with the crappiest controller you'll ever play on in your lifetime. Right. That was it's brutal. That's why I got the Brawler 64 for my stuff. Think, yeah, so highly recommend that as we talk about N64. I've talked about it in prior episodes. Buy yourself a Brawler 64 controller. It's totally worth it. Uh, cool. So your time to console, man. Like We got into this late. So I don't know. What was your experience growing up with this thing? So um, when I was a kid, I had PlayStation. Uh, but a friend of mine had N64, so I would go to his place and play Mario and Star Fox. And I swear to God, if you play the first level of Star Fox with um, might as well be walking on the sun, I Smash Mouth, they line up. Really, it's crazy. At least in my mind, from my childhood memory, I remember doing that all the time. It was awesome. Um, but that was like my early exposure was like mostly just Mario and Star Fox at my friend's house. And then a couple years later in 99, I moved here to Arizona and I got an N64 as like a moving gift from my parents, I guess. I don't know. It was cool. I got a new house and a new console and I got episode one pod racer and played the hell out of the game with my friends. It was, um, a really good game. Uh, it was a really fun time for me. Um, let's see. Most of the stuff that I loved, like Pokemon Snap, uh, Pokemon Stadium, Paper Mario is like one of my favorite games of all time. Like I absolutely fell in love with that game from the magazine articles and looking at the pictures and waiting and waiting for that game to come out. I remember going and buying it at Best Buy was my favorite store as a kid because they had video games. And I got the game and my mom went like shoe shopping and to like two other stores afterwards. And I just, I was like staring a hole through the box, just reading it and looking at it over and over and over again, waiting to get home to play it. Um, there's some powerful nostalgic memories for me with the N64, even though like I was trying to think as I was making my list and going over all the memories that I had, like checking it twice. Yeah, I think I had Paper Mario, Episode One Racer, Donkey Kong 64, Pokemon Snap, 
and like maybe one or two other games. Like I never had like a ton of games for any individual console ever, but I always um, hit Blockbuster. Like I never owned uh, Mario Kart. I never owned Mario Party. I never owned Super Smash Bros. Because those were games that like probably wasn't going to be playing a ton by myself during the week. But when a friend came over for a sleepover on the weekend, like, yeah, going to Blockbuster, picking up two games, playing them all weekend. So, you know, going through and seeing all of the boxes on the shelves. Like, I remember uh, when we played War Gods a while ago, the cover of that was so burned into my brain. I couldn't tell you what the title was, but the cover I remember because I saw it all the time perusing games and trying to be like, eh, is this the one that I want or do I want to rent Smash Bros. for the 12th time? And I could have bought two copies of it by now. <laughs> so my memories of this console, because I I didn't actually own an N64 until, honestly, until my early 20s. Yeah. I didn't own a console. I mean, it, it came out when I was a kid. So... I, I just never bought the N64, never bought into it. It wasn't a game system. Like, I remember when I first started working at a game store, but I would find loose copies of, like, Zelda and all that, and I'd get them for a few dollars and sell them to the store I was working at for, like, 15, 20 bucks a pop, and they would flip them. Because, I, for one thing, I wasn't flipping games. Yeah, yeah. And then the other thing was, I didn't have an N64, so I didn't care. So, when I first got my first N64, I think I was, uh trying to think, 22, I might have been at the time when I got it. So, that kind of tells you a history there. But... I did have a lot of experience playing it as a kid uh, through various friends as well. So my cousins had an N64 and I used to play, uh, I think it was WWF Attitude. I used to play on that all the time. Uh, so that was always a ton of fun playing that title with them. Wave Race, played that a lot. Oh, Wave Race, yeah. yeah that was always a game that we played. Uh, but, you know, ever since I was a kid, I always hated the N64 controller. I hate that controller with a passion. Um, so that was one of the things that always steered me away. And honestly, that was the reason, like, cause I had a choice between buying a PlayStation or getting an N64 when I was younger. And I chose PlayStation predominantly because of the controller, because it was that bad of an experience for me. Um, but so we played that CD player also. Yeah. That was also a big, a big selling point too. I used to play music on my PlayStation all the time when I was I growing up and doing homework. Blue menu, the little blue boxes. <laughs> you choose your, your music. So I used to play that all the time. Uh, and it's funny, I, I did use, use it a lot when I would do homework, uh, at that time. So as far as other experiences were concerned, we had some family that were out of state and we would go visit them. But one of our neighbors that I used to hang out with a younger kid, he had an N64 and he had like Ken Griffey baseball. Uh, he had vigilante eight. He had some mortal Kombat and golden eye and then golden one of the other neighbors i mean we're talking like a podunk town of like 800 people okay yeah and like the two people i know in that town had n64 so that's all we played while we were in town with them uh you guys were a nintendo town they were a nintendo town of you know the 20 kids get your sega out of here (laughs) your segas aren't welcome in our town (laughs) It, it was that type of town too actually uh so uh one of the other neighbors had conquers bad fur day and mario 64 and a couple other things so we used to play that over there. So we'd like go between neighbors and like play different games. But dude, I used to play so much Vigilante 8 uh, at their place and so much baseball. I used to have a blast playing baseball. Uh, and then, uh, of course, the um, we didn't play any sort of Mario Kart because they didn't own that. But GoldenEye played so much GoldenEye at that house. Dude, we'd stay up super late. And by super late, it was probably only 11. 
uh, as kids. Super late for kids. <laughs> Super late for kids, right? That's like kid asleep. midnight. Yeah, we used all the time, dude. That's what we used to do. And then we'd like sleep on the couches and like just play. And that was it. And funny enough, the neighbor's house uh, was actually, it was a family's house that was being rented out. So it was like still technically my family's house, but they just happened to live there and we'd hang out with them. Uh, but yeah, we play those games all the time, dude. And I remember having a blast playing games like that and really enjoyed it. But uh, it, it was still, again, the controller. Uh, you know, if it was between playing it on PlayStation or playing it on N64, I would choose PlayStation nine times out of ten, depending on the game we were well, playing. Well, they were always the the better version. Well, I mean, except yeah, GoldenEye and other titles you couldn't get on PlayStation, yeah. right? So that was always kind of the big thing. And like the Ken Griffey Baseball, I don't think it was ever released on PlayStation. You know, I think this is where that started because like... Up until this point, well, no, I guess Sega did what Nintendo don't, so never mind. <laughs> so, uh, and as far as like standout titles for me, I guess it's the same same ones, right? Like for me, it was never Mario Kart sixty four. For me, it was always Vigilante eight. It was always Wave Race and um, you know Mortal Kombat. Uh, I think it was Mortal Kombat trilogy. Did they ever make another Wave Race? Uh, they did Wave Race Blue, I believe it's called, on the GameCube, uh, and I own a copy of that one. They should have like, dude. Okay, picture it. You take the two Nintendo Joy Cons, you hold one in each hand, boom, Wave Race. Yeah, on the Switch, that'd be sick. Um, yeah. So that was my experience, dude. It was uh, very short lived. I only played it, you know, then sixty four every now and then when I went to a friend's house, and I didn't like. You know, I mentioned I played at my cousin's house, but that particular cousin, honestly, I think I've been to that house and I still talk to him. I just saw one of my cousins from there and they still live in the same house. But I saw that cousin just two days ago and I think I've been to her house like maybe 10 times. Yeah. Like they just never, we never went over there. They always came over to my grandma's. Yeah. And then of course I haven't been out to see those older friends. Like they've all moved out from yeah. that small city over the years and I only would see them for a couple weeks at a time anyways. So my experience with the N64 wasn't super heavy until like later on in life. Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. I know. I remember, um, it was always the thing as a kid for me going to other people's houses to play N64. It wasn't until later. Yeah. That I, that I had mine. I think it's weird looking back now that like, like I said before, you know, there's so many different games on other consoles and a much smaller selection on N64. And of those games, only so many of them are really good. And it's just weird for me that for the most part, I didn't own any of the really like the top tier good ones yeah. that everybody kind of owned. Um, I know there was a lot of stuff that was held back. So one of the biggest things with the N64 and its failure is kind of their... Wait, 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 wait. We're going to release something else. We're going to do the 64DD and it's going to be huge and it's going to change the world and it's going to be the best thing ever. And it like never really came out, but kind of did in Japan and never really had games and got a lot of games canceled and a lot of games moved to GameCube instead. Like they really shot themselves in the foot with that whole project. And if they hadn't ever announced the 64DD, you know, who knows what else we could have gotten. I mean, Animal Crossing uh, came out in Japan on N64. We didn't get that here till GameCube. Custom Robo came out in Japan on N64. We didn't get that here till GameCube. There's um, there's a lot of stuff that could have happened for N64 that just never really did. 
And some of that stuff that we get to see now, like if you've ever gone back and seen like footage of like what they made for Earthbound for N64 and then wound up making, you know, Mother 3 for GBA instead. You know, there's a lot of stuff that could have happened that would have been really nice. Um, but we're here to compete, to compare, to see whose money is more well spent. That's right, folks. We got $200 on the table to see who can come up with the better list of games. Well, I Ryan, I'm already looking at the price, and I, I got you beat, man. Eight cents cheaper to go with my list. <laughs> We decided that a, an N64 console probably run you 75. I mean, I definitely saw them higher and lower. And especially with N64, it's a four controller port console. So depending on how many controllers you buy with your console will have a big price point on what you're going to pay for it. And you can get a good deal on N64. It's not you like could definitely find one for 50 bucks if you needed to. And you could definitely find one for more. So we settled on 75 Yeah, and the time of this recording as we're doing this is March 26th. So, I mean, who knows? When you listen to this episode, it may yeah, be $200 Yeah, your prices may vary from here. Yeah. Uh, okay, that said, though. Let, we're let both doing loose, I'm assuming. Oh, yeah. yeah. There's no there's no boxed Nintendo uh, competitions. Yeah, no, screw that. So, uh, not until we get the GameCube. Uh, so, let's go into my list here. Wait, did we do box for DS or no? Yes, we did box for DS, or I did. I you think did, you I did lose. You That's did right, lose. we flip-flopped. Yeah. So, uh, N64 games. I'm going to start off my list with Star Wars Episode One Racer, loose at 733. I've had a little bit of experience with this game over the years. Um, we played it, didn't we? Uh, we might have played it, and we might have just played it to play it together. I don't think we, like... Played it for an inflation deflation. Let us know in the comments if you remember us talking about it. Dude, we played so many damn games over the years. This was um, on my list, too. Yeah, so this particular game, 733. Uh, I had some time with this when I was younger. This is actually one of the games my cousin uh, had that I would play. It's also a game that would be in Circuit City, if anybody remembers that company name. Uh, they had a kiosk of N64 games, and, and this was one of the games that I would typically play there as well. Um, and, dude, I, I had a good time with this one when I would play it. Just the, the ship mechanics where, or the, the pod racer where, you know, things would get destroyed as you crashed into things. And uh, it just felt realistic, dude. Like, episode one had come out, um, you know, during that time frame. And just being able to jump into the pod racer, which was, like, the really cool aspect of Star Wars episode one. Like, I mean, if you saw that movie in theaters or you saw that movie on, at the time, No, oh, we did play it. Okay, cool. I episode think... 60. It was... Uh... Six ninety four then, yeah. So it's gone up a dollar, twenty percent. It's gone up. Uh, so as far as um, the game is concerned, you know, episode one had just come out not too long ago. You probably saw it on VHS, probably saw it on theaters, and you know, it's just kind of enveloping yourself in that Star Wars world, and it, it felt at the time like a very good game and that's you know i would say it's, it's worth picking up at at that price point you know i don't remember what i came down to in that episode 60 i probably honestly said inflated because it's not like the best game in my mind but it is a solid game overall i think that it should have been um oh wow that was our year-end episode uh i don't know what we gave it we weren't doing that back then writing them down anyways but i i think that it could have been its own series like it would have been cool to have them keep making 
new pod races and new racetracks and stuff and just go like all extended universe into their own Star Wars. Like they did like that Star Wars super bombad racing with the big head mode and stuff. Mm -hmm. Yep. And that was like whatever. But pod racing was always cool on its own objectively. Yeah, see, I've been I've been wanting separate series like that for a long time. Uh, Square needs to make a Blitzball game series, but they, oh, yeah. they still have not done it. Um, <laughs> so, dude, I've wanted Blitzball so bad over the years. Maybe you'll get really into the Quidditch in Hogwarts Legacy. That'd be pretty cool if there's a whole like big component tied to that. Uh, so the next game I have here is WWF Warzone at 467. Look, you know, it's a wrestling game. There's fans out there that are not going to be big fans of this. There's fans that are going to say there's better wrestling games. And yes, there probably are better wrestling games you could get on the N64. I think you got like WCW Nitro on there. You have, um, uh, what is it? WWF, I think Royal Rumble's on there. Uh, no Way Out is on there as well. So ECW is on there. There's there's a ton of games, right? There's lots of wrestling games you can get. This but was from, a big age for wrestling games, wasn't it? It like, was, N64 yeah. wrestling games were really popular. Yeah, I mean, I think you had WWF Attitude as well on there. So, I mean, there's there's tons and tons of wrestling games that are available on the console. It was a great, all at the bottom of the price charting list. If it was you, a if great you sorted by loose price, they're all at the bottom. I think WrestleMania 2000. Like, dude, it wrestling was... On the N64, and who's during a great era of wrestling with the Attitude Era of WWF and I guess eventually WWE. So this is a this is a solid wrestling game. It's worth having in the collection if you are looking to get a wrestling game but have a budget. This is one that is worth picking up. This is one that I actually played every now and then as well, younger. Um, next one I have on here is GoldenEye, 007 GoldenEye. Uh, of course, as many people as you can get as possible on this game, uh, the better to play it. Uh, but it's twenty three eighty eight uh, for this title, and you know you've got the full story mode that's tied to it, and then you've got the multiplayer. I don't need to dig into GoldenEye and sell you on all of the aspects of GoldenEye. You've been in, you've probably looked in video game forums, you've probably talked to friends over the years, hell, you've probably played over the years. You know exactly what GoldenEye is and why it should be in your collection. They're gonna do a remake here. soon. I thought they already did at some point. Um, on the, I thought the Wii had some sort of GoldenEye remake. It might have. Or a remaster. They're doing remember. a new one is, is what the rumor mill says. Yeah, I mean, that rumor's been around for years. <laughs> uh, the next one I have on here is Turok Dinosaur Hunter at $13. Uh, like, Turok is great. If you have not played a Turok game, you need to play a Turok game. I have played a number of them. I played it on the PlayStation 3. I played it on the GameCube. I played it on the N64 fantastic series uh look dinosaurs and a first person shooter what I more could rock. what more could you want uh it is fantastic totally worth picking up uh the next one here is actually the only one i really haven't played on the list and that's jet force gemini uh so this is a third person shooter that was released by uh, by rare i almost said where which would have been funny because it's <laughs> technically <laughs> where uh it's 1368 and you know, I've heard a lot of great things about this title. Again, it's the only one I haven't played, but it's on my shelf. It's one that I want to play. Maybe we play that for a future uh, title here. And, you know, it's solid. It's got great reviews. If you're into third-person shooters, this way to go. I've looked up a number of images over the years, looked at some video gameplay, and uh, I've liked what I've seen. I just have not had time to play it. Maybe it's um, a new game's resolution for me in the future as well. Yeah, I've got Jet Force Gemini on my list too. I definitely remember renting that or playing it with a friend at some point i remember the controls were like not what i was expecting or something or there was something about the game that was like 
I never rented it again. I rented it that one time and I had, I don't know, I was stupid with rentals and stuff as kids. Sometimes I just didn't know what to do and I just gave up. Yeah, this one, I actually think I have a complete inbox copy of this game. You do? Yeah. I've looked at it many times. Oh, okay, cool. So I do have, see, Brian knows better than I do what's in my collection. I used to stare at them. Now all I know is Stephen King and Dean Koontz. (laughs) You want to borrow one? Nope. (laughs) I was over at Joel's last week and I saw all his little library of Dean Koontz. I was like, gosh. Yeah, and these guys in their Dean Koontz. Uh, but you know what? You uh, you also at Joel's place you could see all his uh, minis. Yeah, as well. Impressive. So yeah, this is no longer. Uh, there's a pile of magic cards on the floor over there. You can look at that. <laughs> Going through so, folders. Yeah, no, just how this move ended up working out. There's yeah, no way to hold that collection in this room. I'd be going crazy. Uh, okay, the next game I have one here, and uh, we just played this not too long ago. War Gods. So. for War Gods. It is great value Mortal Kombat. If you like Mortal Kombat and you go into this thinking, this is not Mortal Kombat, but I like Mortal Kombat, you'll like this game. Yeah. The reception was not that great when it came out. I understand why it's not that great if you compare it to Mortal Kombat. But go into it fresh. Understand that this is a solid fighting game. It's actually a lot of fun. There's a number of characters. There's like a commando character. There's like a cyborg character, a voodoo character, Anubis. A Valkyrie character. There's lots of characters, and I felt it was fun. And there's fatalities in various uh, levels that you can, or levels of difficulty. Next game on here is 1080 Snowboarding, uh, 1462. 1080 Snowboarding is, of course, snowboarding. And growing up, I always used to play games like this and Cool Borders. Uh, so this is another one that uh, one of the friends in out of state had. Uh, that we play every now and then, but uh, Cool Borders was always a game that I liked, and I played this one as well from time to time. I just there's a thing about snowboarding games that is fun when you have half pipes and downhill racing and all of that good stuff. And so uh, this is definitely a game that you should look into as well. And then the last one to cap off the list, Ryan. I hope this one's on your list as well because it's on mine. Mario Kart 64. There's no way I could compile an N64 collection list without at least including one of the big titles on here. Uh, I mean. GoldenEye is one of the big titles as well, but Mario Kart 64 is you need such one a one of solid... those games that ends in 64. Yeah, Mario Kart 64 is a solid, solid game. Uh, I'm not a big fan of the multiplayer component because you've only got, you know, four racers or, you know, 1v1 or, you know, three people or uh, four in general. But, um, yeah, that's the, only, that's the only downside I felt with this game in comparison to other Mario Kart games where... You know, you're racing against a full circuit, or at least you should be. Uh, but this has a number of great levels. Um, it was definitely a great addition to the series after Super Mario Kart, which is one of my favorite Super Nintendo games, and which I don't think I added on my Super Nintendo list now that I think about it. It was probably too expensive. It was probably too expensive, yeah. That's the thing with these lists. is like, and especially with this N64 list, like, I mean, we I think we each got one game that's like a 64 game. Yeah, because you can't if you're trying to build a large list, you're not going to be able to get many on there because they're just too expensive. Like the the buy in for N64 games is already much higher than a lot of other consoles because the nostalgia factor is crazy on it. Yeah, I mean, and and on top of that, it only was 33 million units sold. So, I mean, you're not going to have many more than that floating around the wild for the most part. Yeah. Um, You know, outside of like, you know, they produced extras, but uh one of the games I want to add on here, for example, is Silicon Valley. Uh, it's a platform game. And back when I bought Silicon Valley, the game was sitting like 15 20 bucks. It's $60 now. Yeah. 
out of nowhere. I was like, what? Like, I did not expect did that to be Did you get a platformer on yours? Uh, no, I actually didn't, which normally I do. That um, was the last thing that I had to find to round out my list. And they're so I had expensive. To, I had to go down the list to like number 10. Like, I went on, I was on some site that organized them by, it might have been Metacritic. And I had to go to like from the green rating down to the yellow to find something that I could afford. Yeah, I mean, and I've played all of these except for, like I said, the uh, Jet Force Gemini. So I've had my experience of all these games, and I'm happy to recommend these. And there's a number of other N64 games I've played over the years. But, you know, when it comes down to can I add a Super Smash Bros. or Smash Bros. on here, no. I, I can't because that's half my budget at that yeah. point. Like, you got to find those games at a discounted rate. And I looked at Paper Mario. It's like 80 bucks. Yeah, like can't start a collection like that so can't do that we gotta, we gotta well you can start a collection a with one game you well, just yeah. gonna be a while before you can get a second game. yeah it'll be 10 months before you get game number 10 you can be just like the n64 just <laughs> <laughs> here's my two games that i can afford right now and i'll just wait another year before i can get my 10th game right yeah so that was mine i don't know what you thought about that but i do know i'm eight cents cheaper than you so i'm not busting the bank uh, that's a pretty generous list you got there john i do have one more game than you do on your list. But I, I think quality-wise, we're pretty close. So off the bat, I do have Star Wars Episode One Racer for that 733, and I also have the uh, Jet Force Gemini for 1368. So those were similar that we had. Um, sports. There's some good sports games. There I are. was looking at uh, NFL Blitz and NBA Jam, um, but then I remembered something I hadn't played in a long time. Wayne Gretzky's 3D hockey on the N64. That was an awesome game. That's what I remember getting in punch out fights on the ice and stuff with my friend all the time going over to his place. Uh, that's 1048. That's a pretty good one. Uh, next up, I went with Turok 2 Seeds of Evil. I've never played any of the Turok games. You gotta play them, dude. They're so good. I just figured for ten bucks, Turok Two's got to be at least twice as good as Turok One. Otherwise, they wouldn't <laughs> call it Turok Two. Oh man. Um, next up, uh, classic Pokemon Snap, seventeen forty-eight. I mean, it took until last year for us to get a sequel to Pokemon Snap. It's such an original idea. Um, you know, really, until Africa came out, we had no way to to supplant this and, and do anything else. But it's it's a great tie-in um, with Pokemon. It's a fun, repeatable game. It's got stuff to unlock. I think it's definitely worth going back if you're going to have an N64. It's a game I would get for it. Well, and and we played that one too as mm-hmm. uh, inflation deflation while back. I don't know what the price point was, but. Um, I remember we enjoyed that as well, and yeah. uh, it was kind of looking forward towards the the new Pokemon Snap, which I still need to get actually. Yeah, so seventeen forty eight on that one. Uh, next up, more sports, sort of. Tony Hawk, man. Tony Hawk eleven seventy four. I never played Tony Hawk on anything but a PlayStation. Same, but um, I think these games were pretty well received. I mean, it, Tony Hawk wasn't trying super hard. I don't know if the music was lesser because it wasn't on a CD like on PlayStation. I assume the sound is better. Um, well, I mean, Tony Hawk games are solid in general. Yeah. Um, I don't think it was until like the Tony Hawk downhill on the Wii that we saw the downfall. Did of it Tony started going Hawk. downhill. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that was like just a, a prelude as to what was going to happen. And now we got, of course, the remakes of one and two and now Microsoft owns it all. Yeah. Uh, 
But yeah, I mean, dude, Tony Hawk's a solid game, and I think my favorite, of course, is Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2. Yeah, Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2 is on this console also. I just went with one for well, I think making it fit in my budget. I think Tony Hawk 3 is on here as well, isn't it? On the I think so. Yeah. Um, next up, uh, my most expensive game at twenty one twenty three, Star Fox 64. I just think that of all of the iconic Nintendo 64 games... Star Fox has, um, I don't know, it's got its own place there. Like, it's definitely a much better version of what we got on the Super Nintendo because that was just kind of barely struggling through. And then we never really got anything else until Star Fox Zero on the Wii U. I mean, there was some shooting sections, I think, in Star Fox Adventure, but like, Star Fox 64 was Star Fox. For a whole generation. Like I sure a lot of people didn't know until later on that there was even one on Super Nintendo. I didn't, you know? I was like, this is awesome. This is Star Fox. It's you know, that's the same with me when I was growing up. I had played Star Fox sixty four at I don't God, whose house was it? Somebody's house. I don't remember who it was, but you know, he played Star Fox sixty four there. I wasn't a huge fan of it. Uh, oh, it was my other cousin's house because he had an N sixty four. I'm just thinking about that. So yeah, I I wasn't a big fan of it to be honest, and I didn't know until later on in life that there was a copy on the SNES. Mm-hmm. And I, when I say later in life, I mean like, you know. Whenever that happened. Yeah, like high school or something. Yeah. I found out. The um, the replayability of Star Fox 64, there's like all kinds of different routes you can take, different planets to explore. Uh, it does have a light multiplayer mode that you can do. Um, there's some cool stuff about Star Fox 64. I think that that's definitely one that if you're going to have an N64 Everyone is going to wind up owning. Um, and at 21 bucks, it's probably the most affordable. Like you're getting a way better price for that than you're getting for Mario 64 or Ocarina of Time or any of those other, you know, legendary titles. Um, next up to fill in for a puzzle game, I've got Bust a Move 2. Uh, I like the Bust a Move games, I think they're fun. I think the little dragon guy's cute. You and I played, was it Bust a Move 1? Something like that. Or no, we didn't play Bust a Move. We played some other puzzle game. Mm. I don't think it was Bust a Move. I, I like Bust a Move. I think it's it's a fun series. Um, I've never played this one, uh, but it was definitely... Compared to other things, like Dr. Mario 64 is basically just Dr. Mario. There's not really a lot going on there. I don't know anything about Tetris Sphere other than it's like around Tetris. So whatever with that, <laughs> I stuck with the one that I knew. Uh, that's 1881. Um, you know, if you're not into puzzle games, that's definitely the game on here that I would probably be most willing to change to something else. Just because of the price points on here, it's one of the more expensive and not for everyone. And then lastly, platformer. I had to go all the way down to Toy Story 2 at 1481. It's not the most well-received game. I mean, I loved the Toy Story platformer for PlayStation. That was legendary. This definitely is not that, but uh, it's got good reviews. People seem to like it. Um, I did kind of have Yoshi's Story on here. I did as well for mine, but I decided to not go with it. Yeah, I ended up downgrading to this. So um, that's my list. A little bit of something for everybody 
rounding out to 125.56. So I, I beat Ryan by eight cents. Uh, so positive right there off the bat. <laughs> but, you know, Toy Story 2 is an interesting choice. I was actually looking at Bugs Life as one of my options as well, because that's the title I remember playing on PlayStation 1. Yeah. But I never did play it on the N64. There's lots of decently priced licensed games, but as PlayStation people, we just know those versions. Yeah. You know, licensed games back then weren't too bad either. Like, they were decent. They were more quality. I think it was only later that they really became like super shovelware. Or, you know, it honestly might have just been at that time that quality controls were tighter. I mean, with as few games that were going on N64, I mean, they probably wanted everything that they could get on there. So maybe quality controls weren't. I don't know. I never played this game. So I feel it was like PlayStation 2 and beyond is where licensed games really started to kind of take a hit in terms yeah. of quality. Because I do, I mean, Lion King, Aladdin, those titles in the Super Nintendo and Sega Genesis, Toy Story, Bugs Life, and other titles on the N64. GoldenEye came out like two years after the movie did. As technically a licensed game, you yeah. know, at the end of the day. So uh, I absolutely think that those licensed titles earlier on were fantastic and it really wasn't until later on and you know in the generations where we started getting like really crappy licensed games um so yeah i think i think it's a solid list dude and of course you know pick and choose from our list here you can always uh make it like a 200 dollars list if you wanted to based on this if you already got it is 64 oh god i'm so tired i know i was actually really thinking about it earlier and i don't own almost any of the consoles that we've done these for. Yeah. And I was like, man, dude, maybe I should just follow my own advice and do one of these starter kits. Cause like, it would be kind of sick to just like for 200 bucks to get an X64 and like 10 games. Dude, you That's should. a good deal. You totally should. Like just, I mean, it really is like you, you don't own one. You might as well. They don't like the N64 is not on one of the retron consoles. I know mm. they have like a recent like N64 remake console that came out like a third party. Uh, but I mean, I think you're going to pay just about as much for a new one as you would one of those anyways. I mean, a, a used N64 as you would a new one of the third party. You know, this isn't something that we've done on one of these before, but when I was watching something to get ready for this, um, it kind of made me think like, cause I've got my opinions on this. What do you think of the look of the N64? I know you don't like the controller, but the console itself, I mean, it's yeah, I like the console different itself. than what was going on. It's got some weird shapes. I like the... Uh, fact that, you know, we could still see the label of the game when it's in the console. Yep. I think the cartridges themselves are weird. I know that they're not good to store. They don't have like a wraparound edge label so that if you put it on its side, you could see what it is. There's a lot of things that weren't the smartest with this console, maybe. Yeah, I think the cart itself, I don't understand the purpose of having a rounded corner. I mean, maybe it's because it drops or something. Maybe they figured like... If somebody drops just less the game, it's maybe, I don't know, maybe it's less plastic. I don't know. It's pretty thick plastic, so it's it's hard on there. And the internal component, like with the Nintendo and Super Nintendo, you have like the plastic cover, right? That kind of holds your cartridge together. And then, um, and that's it, right? Whereas with the N64, you've got this little black piece of plastic that protects it. So there's no like, no two sides of gray. There's like literally a black piece that fits yeah. into the chip portion, like where you insert the, uh, the, the cartridge. And then there's also a metal cover on top of the, the you know the board itself. So you've got like two pink, two things of plastic, sheet 
of aluminum that bolts in and then on top of that like this plastic piece that protects the internal like it's a very well built cartridge i mean you could throw it against the, yeah you could throw it against the wall and it's good but um yeah the console design itself I, I really do like the console design itself i do think it's a lot better looking than the n64 like the sega saturn um but the controller is really just what gets me yeah and, and you know there are third-party controllers that came out back then yeah that were a normal controller uh, but I just they had know, that I didn't weird one that didn't have like the hooks. It was kind of like almost like a mushroom shape on the top, looking with just the center peg. Yeah, there's also uh, a racing wheel controller. Uh-huh. That I got. I think I have one. There's wireless controllers that are on the N64 that were third party. So there's a lot of different controllers that came out over the years. But yeah, you know, it's just not something that I ever really recognized growing up. And it's not something that even as I got older, I was like, yeah, cool. I should totally buy this third party controller it wasn't until just this past year where i was like i'm gonna buy a brawler 64 but a lot of that kind of goes down to the feel as well because like the old hori controllers that came out i'm not even a big fan of those so i do like the brawler 64 feel better than those other controllers yeah i mean and it's great that this console was you know inherently four player that's not something that we've really seen on any consoles up to that point like you'd have to get like an accessory for that yeah um you know i'm trying to think what was the name of the uh original name of the n64 because it was the ultra 64 ultra 64 yeah we didn't mention that so a little history for those that are not aware that it was going to be uh you know ultra 64 and i actually the nintendo ultra 64 yeah and i've got some magazines that advertise for the for the nintendo ultra 64 yeah uh, that are pretty cool so it's totally worth uh you know looking into some of those old magazines as well of nintendo power just kind of see like what was coming down the pipe and what this thing was going to be called. And it's similar to like, you know, when you look at uh, PlayStation two magazines and they're talking about like the banana controllers yeah. for the PS three that like yeah. hardly anybody knows about or the so, Nintendo revolution. Yeah. Different things like that. So it's always fun to kind of read back into project those Scarlet <laughs> project, Scarlet. project Spartacus project Spartacus is another one that's out right now. So yeah, well dude, uh, as always had a, Definitely a lot of fun doing this one. Uh, we'll have to do GameCube and really just kind of go through the rest of the Nintendo consoles and do these because, dude, they're just fun to do. I like doing these. They're and fun. I don't know anything about Sega. <laughs> uh, yeah, we got to finish up Sega, but I, I think GameCube's a solid one. Maybe we'll do GameCube next time and dig into that. That's expensive. Yeah. That sure. we're going to have to uh, gonna have to create a list on that or uh, maybe up the price like 250 on that one. I know. Would we do? We did like $300 for PlayStation four or something yeah i think it was three was it 400 it would have been 400 i think on playstation 4 yeah we had to yeah. at that point i mean you got a 200 dollars console you know much choice so all right well uh this has been a oh no it has not been a new episode yet because i haven't told you where to find us if you're this far in the episode <laughs> so you're listening to us on a podcast app right now and you should keep listening to us on that podcast app and submit a review if you haven't done so already. Five stars, please. Look, if you've if you've been listening to us this long and you've heard us pitch for a review and you still haven't done it, shame. You should totally do it. Uh, but you can find us on thegamedeflators.com and on social media at Game Deflators on Twitter and at the Game Deflators on Instagram and Facebook. All of that said, this has been a new episode of the Game Deflators podcast. My name's John. I'm Ryan. And thanks for listening.